Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Authentic and Unapologetic Podcast. My name is Chloe Taylor, and I created this podcast to inspire you to live a life empowered and standing tall in your own authenticity. Because when you do this, you give everyone around you the courage and the strength to do the same. So get cozy and join me as I share my journey and guide you to living your best, most authentic life unapologetically. Hi, friends, and welcome back to Authentic and Unapologetic. Today's podcast episode is actually really special because this is a podcast exclusive. Uh, I'm actually not making a video that goes in tandem with this one, and that is because when I was setting up all of my October content, I actually miscalculated, and we were missing a podcast, and so I was like, crap, where do I fit that in? And I just decided that this would be kind of fun. You know, I've podcasted before. I have a podcast that I ran with my twin flame called Twin Flames. We don't do it anymore right now. We're on a hiatus indefinitely, but it's kind of like getting back to my roots in podcasting. I've ran other podcasts by myself as well before, and it's so weird. Like I'm honestly more comfortable in front of a camera. I don't know why, but without a camera, I'm like so much more aware of my voice. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, today is a podcast exclusive, and I'm not really sure what I'm going to call this episode, but I know that it's going to revolve mostly around basically if you're someone that feels like you struggle with, you know, you know all these manifestation techniques, you know cognitively in your brain that things can be differently for you, and you're still struggling with the self-belief. You're struggling with the letting go process. You're struggling. Like I see this so often that people will teach themselves all these amazing techniques, but you're not either putting them into practice. So you're not getting anything out of it, or you feel stuck and trapped and like certain good things in life are not possible for you. And so that's kind of what I want this episode to really focus on. And I hope by the end of it, you feel like you have some guidance. And even if you're someone that you don't feel like this in particular applies to you, I promise you there are probably tools in here that you have either not heard of or not tried, or maybe they will give you a fresh perspective on something that you are already doing. So um, I actually sat a little bit with spirit before making this episode. And I asked, what do I what, what spirit does the world need right now? That's kind of how I do a lot of my work. Actually, I ask spirit, what does the world need right now? And how can I deliver that message for you? And this was the first thing that popped up was doing the work. You know, we talk about this so often. There are so many spiritual gurus out there that are like, you have to do the work, you have to do the work. But what does that actually mean? And I'm getting goosebumps as I'm talking about this because I know that many of you have been looking for this very answer. And I know that this is going to get to the heart of that in this episode. So I guess that's really it is we're going to just focus on kind of a myriad of topics, but mainly this topic of doing the work and what that actually means. Now, I do want to say that this is different for everyone. Everybody's version of doing the work for themselves is going to look different. And that's because all of us are multifaceted individuals. All of us are people that have had different experiences that have shaped us. And some experience has some experiences have rocked us to our very core and changed us on a cellular level based on what we've been through. And what happens to one person that, you know, the identical thing could happen to another person or happen for another person is a better way to put that. But these two people will react completely differently to that. And it's really funny. I feel like this 
podcast actually has kind of come about through a really hard situation I'm going through right now, which I am going to choose to keep most of it private because it does implicate other people in my personal life that I'm just not really ready to share those lessons yet because it's still very much something that is being worked through in the process right now. It's not fully healed up yet. And that's something that, you know, this was such divine guidance that came from such an unlikely source in my life recently. And that was a big part of their message to me. And even though I already knew that, I've heard that, I've, you know, I've, I've done so much self-work on myself over the last four, three or four years. Um, sometimes it's just nice to hear somebody else say it and hear it again. <laughs> you know, sometimes things just click for us a little bit differently. But for some people, the work is going to look different because of that, because based on the reality that you have been born into, you react differently. You maybe some of you have been given the tools to react a different way where some of you haven't. And that doesn't make either person or anyone lesser or better. It's just different. So I guess where I really want to start to dive into this is I want to share a little bit with you about kind of where I feel like my journey really began. And you can see if any of this really relates to any situation for you. So obviously, I believe that we all come into this life, we make soul contracts, we decide the kind of experiences we want to have. I do believe that we have agency in a lot of the decisions that we'll make. But I believe that when we make these soul contracts before we incarnate on earth, we actually do choose the themes that we want to have. So like for myself, I was born handicapped. And I believe that that is a theme that I chose. I wanted to have an experience of a handicapped person. And so for me, I feel that that is a major theme. But, you know, I do believe that I still have agency in that choice. You know, I could have chosen to be very bitter and angry and um, treat this disability a different way. Or I could be where I am now, kind of just going with what I have and making the best of what I have. And again, I don't want to give off the impression that if you're disabled, that you can't be angry about being disabled. That is absolutely your right. I would never tell someone that has difficulty or is handicapped or, you know, I probably understand better than a lot of people because I've had a similar experience. I would never tell someone that wants to be bitter and angry about it that they're not allowed. My point being, is that we all always have choices in how we're going to deal with things. So, um, you know, I do believe that we have major themes. And I do think that a major theme, though, um, this kind of gets a little bit complicated. And I don't want the episode to be all about soul contracts, we can talk about that another time. But I do believe that having a major death in my family was part of my soul contract. And I do think that. um the person that passed in my family, my sister that was closest to me in age, uh, she passed in 2017 of a drug overdose. And it was not on purpose. It was accidental. But I do believe that part of her soul contract was also to have a certain experiences that went in with that. And it, like I said, this gets kind of complicated. And of course, if I could have my sister here today, I would have preferred that. But I do feel like there was a learning lesson there that I also wanted to have in having this passing. So this was kind of the big moment in my life. I feel like, though, of course, as I started to say in the beginning, through my own healing, I do believe that a lot of experiences I've had throughout my life, I'm 29 years old, as I'm making this, I'll be 30 in May of next year, 2021. But I do believe there's been a lot of healing and things that have gone into my entire existence. But I just feel like 2017 was the year that things really got shaken up hard. And I think that the passing of my sister had a lot to do with it. But it was basically in this, you know, I was already having a hard time. My career wasn't really what I wanted it to be. Things were not going very well. And it was something I've talked about this before. I was in the gaming industry for about seven years. Um, 
which many of you have also asked for my gaming channel. And I don't link it because it's not what I do anymore. And I would kind of like to distance myself from that, even though it's where I've come from, I'm not ashamed of it. It's just not something I wish to continue to pursue. And it reflects a part of me that is not the me that is me now. So I don't ever really link it. But if you really want to find it, it's coffee with a K and you could just search on YouTube coffee sims and it will come up, it will be the top channel. Uh, but um, you know, with my gaming career kind of starting to tank and then my sister passing, I had my, I had emergency surgery the same week that my sister died. Like there were so many things that happened all at once in my life and it really put me in this state. And I've talked about this in other episodes. I had a dark night of the soul experience that I had been going through and that was a big part of it. Uh, other, I will link the other episode about that if you want to listen to that, but Basically, I really do believe that her passing was such a huge monumental moment in my life because it gave me this perspective that I don't think I would have had otherwise. It gave me this, oh my God, if I died tomorrow, is this the impression I want to leave on the world? Is this what I want to give to other people? Is this the line of service I want to be in? Is this the person I want to be? Is this, you know, it, it kind of led me into this huge questioning moment of my life. And a lot of the answers that came back to me were no, this is not who I want to be. This is not how I want to be living. This is not representational of the person that I am. And prior to this experience, I was somebody that was a people pleaser. I didn't have a strong belief in myself. I didn't have any spirituality aside from like tarot and astrology. I was pretty agnostic. Um, previously I had been Mormon, but I had left that. Uh, I was born and raised Mormon. I talk about this all the time. Um, I had left that and I had come become pretty agnostic. I believed that there was something more to life, but I didn't know what that was. And it really led me down this path of really truly coming to a place where I understand myself. I have more clarity in my life than I've ever had. I am not a people pleaser. I say the things that I need to say. I cut people off if I need to cut them off. I, and I obviously I do all of those things with grace. I don't, I'm not someone that. I'm just going to cut you off because you said one thing that was so terrible. It's always more than that. And I, that's probably another podcast episode in it, in it of itself where we need to address this issue that um, we treat people, not everybody, but some of us, um, we treat people when they're angry at us or they want to distance themselves from us. Like they are doing that because of one thing. When in reality, when two people are arguing more often than not, they're arguing about the same things. Uh, and it's both people not feeling seen, heard, appreciated, respected. You know, you're mainly fighting for this communication that's been lost in my experience, this two people that are just not understanding the other person. And sometimes based on the experiences you've had in life, it's really hard to come eye to eye with the other person because you just see reality so differently. And I kind of pride myself on the fact that this three to four year journey now, I have become a more open-minded person. I'm willing to hear the other side, even if it's something I don't like. I ask myself, why? Why don't I like this? Why doesn't this sit well with me? And the main reason for that is something that here's like the first, the first big thing that I kind of want to talk about. And I didn't even write this down. It just came to me. And when I talked to spirit, I said, spirit, speak through me, you know, speak, speak the things that need to come out. And I'll write down kind of a draft, but you know, don't be afraid to move me. So something I feel called to speak on right this very moment is this, this concept of we treat each other like we're all separate from each other. But when you learn about the law of oneness, which puts everybody is one, we are one, nature is one, the planet is one, you know, it's universal oneness. And when you take upon yourself that personification and that belief system, it's not even a belief system. It's just, it, to me, it's truth, <laughs> but it's, you can really start to ask yourself why when you're upset with other people or when you struggle with other people and them not lining up with the way that you see the world, 
you can kind of take other people. It's This is hard to explain, but you can take other people as a part of yourself. And you can say, okay, if this person is a reflection of a piece of me, how would I want that person to feel? Knowing that they're frustrated, knowing that they're hurting or that they're angry. How would I want this piece of me to feel? And it doesn't mean you're trying to control the situation because you can't do that anyways. People are always going to think what they want. But I have found in situations where there's contention, contention is that the word I want? Where there's tension. Um, I have found that when you really ask those real questions, and it can be difficult in the moment, don't get me wrong. Sometimes the ego gets the best of us. <laughs> but it, if you can ask yourself those questions of what does what does this person need if it's a reflection and a piece of me? What does this person need if they're angry? Do they need understanding? Do they need comfort? Do they need, you know, there's always something that can be provided. There's always something that can be given. And it's hard. It's hard. It's called work because it's work. Like, you know, sometimes our ego says, no, it's this way. And this is the way they should believe. And they should think like me when in reality, we're all able to see things from different perspectives because we are all divine expressions of this same oneness. I hope I'm making sense. <laughs> we are all just our own individual expressions of this same oneness. So when you start to treat other people like they're a part of you and they're a reflection of a piece of you internally, because that's one thing about this universe is we do live on a plane of mirrors. We do live in this state of what is within reflects back out. And so you really can like people that you are not feel that you don't feel like you're in alignment with. They really are just reflections of deeper pieces of you that you haven't addressed yet or you're not willing to address. And obviously this doesn't mean you need to take abuse. This doesn't mean, and I don't want any of you to get that twisted. Um, this doesn't mean you need to take abuse. This doesn't mean that you need to allow toxicity into your life. You are allowed to say no. You are allowed more than allowed to remove people that just are totally unwilling to meet you halfway. I would never condone sitting in an abusive situation because you're trying to be the bigger, quote unquote, better person, which is a whole other topic for a whole other time as well. Also, I apologize if you can hear my cats. There's um, my cat is over here patting me. She's so cute. She comes up and pats my arm and is like, hey, hey, what's up? Um, you might hear some collar jingling. So I apologize about that if you do. But that's kind of, I guess, the first big point that spirit really wanted me to say that one, because I feel like that was, like I said, that was something I didn't write down here. But, you know, in doing this work, trying to understand other people and where they're coming from plays a major, major component. And I feel like a lot of times we try, and this is where a lot of our own anger will come out and our own ego is we'll do this. We'll try to see other people's perspectives. We'll try to understand, but then we don't see that behavior reciprocated. And I kind of want to pose something to you here. That's something that I feel like has really healed a major chunk of my own life is removing expectation. When we put expectations on other people, no matter what it is, you know, maybe you expect someone to wish you happy birthday. This is something that I used to do when I was younger. I always told my parents, I don't care if nobody else calls me on my birthday, but you birthed me, you made me, so you better call. And now I'm at a point where I don't even look at my phone on my birthday. I hope no one calls. I hope they're all out enjoying their life because I am certainly enjoying mine and I don't expect people to think about me. And now obviously it's a great added bonus when they do and I'm grateful but it's not something that I expect. I don't put that expectation on people. And I would never, this is a small example. I would never be offended if, you know, anybody didn't tell me, not even my husband, the person I live with, he could literally forget the day and I wouldn't think twice about it. Like it's not because we're all living in our own version of our own reality. And so sometimes things get in the way and granted, I don't think my husband would ever forget my birthday because I don't shut up about it leading up to it <laughs> and we live in the same space, but 
that was just an example. You know, I, there's so much more examples than that too. And I feel like it's the expectation that hurts us the most. It's the expectation of, well, they need to be this way at my wedding, or they need to wish me a happy birthday, or I'm going to be angry, or they need to come on this vacation because I said so, or they need to be A, B, C, D, E, F, G for me. And in reality, we all need to be the best person we can be for ourselves, because that is our only job as humans, is to be in our own highest alignment and our own highest vibration. And when we do that, we, as I always say, when you stand up in your own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. And that is literally all we came here to do is to be our highest expression of self. If you do nothing else in your lifetime, that is the only thing you're here to do is be your highest expression of self because it empowers the people around you to do the same thing, whatever that means for you. So when we take these expectations off of other people, number one, you no longer are disappointed when people don't you know, fall to something because you didn't have the expectation in the first place. And I also want to pose this question around expectations. Who told you to expect it? Because a lot of times the expectations that we harbor of other people, these expectations aren't even ours. They've come from parents or grandparents or counselors or teachers or friends, parents. They've, you know, it's just this, that was what was expected of us mentality. And Ultimately, when you drop the expectations of others, and it's work, it's not easy. I think honestly, for myself, really coming to terms with the fact that my mother is a person, and yeah, she's my mom, she's always going to be my mom. But coming to terms with the fact that she's not here to save me. She's not here to be something for me. I'm a grown adult and I get to mother myself and parent myself how I need to, and to treat her like she is a living, breathing human and, and let her have her fullest expression of the human experience, whatever that is for her, even if it's not in alignment with me, uh, which most often it's not, that is her right as a human to get to do that. And who am I to take that away from her? Now, as a child, those things get a little bit blurred because you rely on your parents for more. But as a grown adult, I get to make those decisions, you know, and I get to heal those parts of me where maybe things that I expected as a child were not given. But I get to kind of move forward on my own and heal those things as an adult. And it's a beautiful thing, honestly. Anyway, I feel like I'm getting a little sidetracked. But with these expectations, we need to ask ourselves where they came from. Because I've heard that a lot in my life. Well, these kids did that because it was what was expected of them. Okay, well, who said that we're here to honor the expectations of our parents? Who said that we're here to honor the expectations of our grandparents? Who said that we're here to honor the expectations of our spouses? of our children, of our, like I said, with parents and children, it gets a little bit gray area because there are some things that children rely on their parents for, especially when they're younger and they can't help themselves and they're still developing. And I am no parent expert. Uh, I have no kids and I don't really want kids personally, not at this time and possibly never, but, um, you know, I really feel like it's important to question. Anyways, I feel like we're getting all over the place. We're going to kind of move forward. So with myself and going through this passing of my sister, going through this dark, dark night of the soul experience, the first thing I feel like that I really did on my own healing journey in putting in the self work was I went to therapy and I... I feel like I always talk about therapy, like I went to like so many sessions and I did so much when in reality, I went to two sessions and I also saw a psychiatrist for a little bit. And those two sessions were some of the most eye opening sessions. This therapist, I actually want to go back and see her. I think it is so healthy. Please don't let anybody tell you different. It is so healthy to have a therapist, to go to a therapist. There's when you go to therapy, there is this weird misconception that you go to therapy to be fixed. When in reality, you're not going there to be fixed. You're going there to learn that you're not broken and you're going there to understand yourself more. And it's okay if you want to spend a lifetime 
in therapy. It doesn't mean that you're broken. It means that you're committed to your growth, your self-development. And if you find a therapist that really jives with you and helps you open those parts of yourself, then you are totally on the right track. And don't feel bad if the first therapist you ever meet is not at that, is not that for you. Um, a therapist, and I actually heard this from my twin flame, who is a therapist, uh, has a master's in depth psychology. She's incredible, such a wonderful person. Um, but a therapist can only meet you as deeply as they've met themselves. So in terms of therapy, if that's something that you're considering, I am a huge advocate for therapy. Uh, it helped me so, so, so much and continues to help me in a lot of ways, even though I'm not actively at this point when I'm recording this, I'm not seeing a therapist, but it's something I do want to pick back up. Um, you know, seeing a therapist is so helpful. They can help you kind of, they don't tell you what to do, but they help you remember the parts of yourself that maybe you've forgotten. And they give you the tools so that you can kind of progress on your own path. And it's really beautiful when you find one that really works, like set intention. If you're looking for a therapist, set intention that you're going to be guided to the right one, because it's, it can be a life-changing experience like it was for me. So I saw a therapist for two or three sessions. It was one of the best things I've ever done for myself. I wholeheartedly know that when I pick therapy back up, I will go and see this same therapist because she was phenomenal. Um, really opened my eyes to a lot of the work that I needed to do on my own. And even just in like three sessions, I don't remember if it was two or three. I want to say it was actually three sessions. Um, and same with, and also just a little tip, I don't want any of you to get confused and think that if you go to therapy in three sessions, you're going to be like so healed. Uh, for some people, it can take years in therapy to get where you ideally want to go. I think for me, because I had done so much work on my own already, therapy was like an added bonus. So um, with therapy, I did see a psychiatrist. I did go on antidepressants. I did go on anxiety medication. And I feel like I'm the only, like I am the outlier in the spiritual community that though I do not agree with pharmaceutical companies, I do not agree with a lot of the agendas that they push. I'm going to tell you something. I took antidepressants for, I want to say about two or three months and they helped I was clinically depressed and after I stopped, like I took antidepressants, I feel like they helped me get where I needed to go and then I was able to go off of them and I'm great now. I'm not depressed. I'm not clinically depressed. I haven't had a suicidal or depressive thought in a very long time. Um, you know, this was a couple of years ago. So I, I really actually feel like they helped because they allowed me to kind of come back to my nervous system. They allowed me to get through the healing I needed to get through cognitively so that I could heal those parts of me too. And like I said, though I do not agree with pharmaceutical companies, I definitely feel like there is a fine line between certain things. Like I don't think it has to be one way or the other. Like you can take medication if you feel like that's what you need and that's okay. You're the only person that can be the judge of that. And don't let anybody in here tell you that like, no, never do that. That's so horrible for you. Pharmaceutical companies do this, 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 and this. When in reality, you can take it from me as my testimony that even though I, and I knew when I went on uh, antidepressants and anxiety medication, I told myself, this is not forever. I'm not going to be on these forever. This is just to get me where I feel like I need to be. And then I will stop taking these. And that was exactly what I did. So I also feel like maybe there's something to be explored there. I'm not an expert, but I do feel like we as a people shouldn't treat pharmaceuticals like they are the answer. They are helpful, but I don't think that they are the answer to the problem, if that makes sense. They can help us on our healing journeys, but they are not the end all be all answer for forever. Now, for some people, they might be depending on what you need pharmaceuticals for. But in my experience with what I was dealing with, I don't feel like and I knew going in that that was not the forever answer for me personally. So take that for what it is. 
You are obviously more than welcome to have your own opinions there. I would never fault you for that. We are all living in our own versions of our own realities based on what we've experienced. And I honor your reality. So think how you will about that. I just wanted to throw in my two cents. So I did go to therapy. I did go on medication. I did see a psychiatrist as well. Um, did not like my psychiatrist. Would never recommend. <laughs> um, um, she just, I don't think, really jived with me. She was very religious. I live in a very heavy religious area. And I definitely felt judged by her constantly. And yeah, would not recommend. Zero out of 10. Um, I definitely would never go back to that psychiatry office. It was just not good for my soul. But you know, it got me the medication that I feel like I needed at the time. And it did help. Now, I feel like when I finally went off of medication, I do, I feel like it was about three months. And I think it was excellent for me. I feel like when I came off of pharmaceuticals, I did not really have any issue. I It was very easy. I actually did what you're not supposed to do, and I went cold turkey. Um, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to wean yourself down, but I quit cold turkey. Uh, I do still technically have anxiety medication that I will take from time to time if I really feel like I need it, which is extremely rare. It's usually for nighttime anxiety if I feel like I cannot sleep. Um, and even then, not that I need to justify it to anybody, I don't, but even then I will literally try everything. I will meditate. I will drink CBD tea, um, which if you didn't know, they make tea infusions with CBD in them and they're amazing. Um, I can link some of my favorites down below if you're curious, but I'll drink CBD tea. I'll try meditating. I'll try cognitively talking myself through things. Um, I'll actually try like active imagination. I've tried, uh, all kinds of things. <laughs> and if I really get to a point where I just cannot, that's when I'll be like, okay, medication, let's go to bed. Like, and usually it's because I have like a big day the next day or something and I can't afford to not sleep. So I'm very, very, very strict about that. I don't like to use that if I don't have to. Um, and I, I honestly feel like it's less than once a year. Like it's so infrequently, but I do feel like that was an important step and you need to be able to make those decisions for yourself. Don't let anybody else shame you. Don't let anybody else tell you how it needs to be done because they're not in your reality living with your experiences. Now, let's talk about what I did after medication and after therapy because I feel like this is where the real work really came in. And... I feel like this topic, this part's going to be hard to talk about because I do feel like it has the potential to ruffle some feathers. But again, please remember that I will always honor your reality no matter what stage of life you are in. I don't think anybody is beyond or below or above or left or right of somebody else. And it's definitely not based on age. Oh my God, I have to throw this in here. Please stop telling people that you're better because you're older. Please stop doing that because the evidence that is always provided with age is like, oh, well, I've been through this, 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 and this. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Growing up handicap, I feel like I've lived like four lifetimes in 30 years because it's different. I've had a harder experience that people have not had to deal with. And I'm not out here telling 15-year-olds, well, I'm 30 or 29, so I know better because of this, this, and this. It's not about age. It's about the experiences that you've had. And maybe if you're older, you've had more experiences in a lot of ways, but there could be somebody that has had it so much different than you that they really have lived like four lifetimes in one. So please we need to end with the age argument because all that does is create separation between us and the people that are younger and older than us. And when we are all one, we need to stop with the separation. So just throwing that out there, please stop using your age. If you're someone that does that, please stop using your age. You are not making a good case to the younger people. That just makes them mad. All you're doing is disempowering them as people. And I don't know who needs to hear that, but I have a candle lit for my spirit guides and that candle is burning straight up and strong right now. Um, but please stop using the age argument. It's not helpful. You're actually making communication harder 
And the same goes for the younger people. Stop saying that you're like younger and more knowledgeable because of this, 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 and this. No, we all need to come together and use the situations that we've learned where we are right now to better fulfill each other, to help each other, to be each other's companions. And that's, again, a whole other argument for a whole other time, but it's not about age. <laughs> it's never going to be about age. So it's like that to me is such an outdated argument. And I'm honestly tired of hearing about it. And I definitely deal with this in my own personal life still to this day. And I fight it at every single turn because it just, I believe it's just so limiting. It's so limiting to the human experience to put people in boxes based on how many years they've been on the planet earth. It's so limiting because for all we know, Maybe like, for example, maybe you are the younger person. Maybe you've incarnated 36 times already on other planets and you're actually quote unquote older than your mother or father who have incarnated five times. Do you see what I'm saying? Like we have no idea how old we all actually are. So it's, it's a, it's a lazy argument. Like, please stop using it. It's lazy. And it doesn't help anyone. You're just disempowering younger people and younger people. You're just pissing the older generation off. So let's all just knock it off <laughs> and stop using our age as grounds to insult each other. Um, now, let us continue. So this next part, as I was saying, may be a harder pill to swallow, might ruffle some feathers. But ultimately, the thing that I did, and I can only speak from my own experience, the thing that I did is I just got really honest with myself. I got really honest with myself and honest with myself in every sense of the matter. And this goes for anything that I'm struggling with in my life. I get extremely honest about it. Like I'm going to take weight loss as an example right now, because that's something that I have had it at the top of my vision board every year for a decade. I have, you know, I've had this huge pedestal around weight loss, huge. And I always make it this unattainable thing. And I put this belief on myself that it has to be so hard to get there, so hard to achieve it. And hold on, I'm going to take a little sip because my throat is getting dry. Mm. Apologies. I don't like to edit these podcasts either. So you're getting it raw and real. But I had to sit down and ask myself, okay, Chloe, why do you desire to be thin? What is that about? Where does that come from? Who told you that having a thinner physique is something that you should aspire towards and that should be a goal. And of course, society, but also I hear the voices of my ancestors. I hear the lineage of all of the women that have come before me that have dealt with the same struggle. And I hear it in myself. I hear where it's come from at six years old. The first comment I ever remember about my weight was my older sister who didn't know better. Um, my sister, Kelsey telling me at six years old that I had a basketball tummy and it was, you know, it's normal. It's so normal to be at that stage where you're, I mean, I think I might've actually been older than six. Like, I think I was like a preteen. So I was closer to probably like 10, 11, somewhere in there. It's so normal to hit a growth spurt and to gain weight at that time and at any time. But of course, that was my first interaction of, oh, that's an insult. You don't mean that in a nice way. And that got internalized. And there are countless other comments. And I've seen it in my own family. I've seen how even sometimes the men talk about women just when they're shooting the shit. And this is men too. This is not an argument that is men and versus women, you know, it's not like that. I think also when I say guys, this is something I I'm randomly addressing, but I don't like to say the term guys. And I always stop myself in my podcasts because, and it's not because I'm trying to overrule the divine masculine with the divine feminine. It's not to create a war or separation. It's that I'm always trying to make room for everyone to feel welcome. And that's women, that's trans women, that's um, bisexual, that's non-binary, that's everybody. I want 
where I am and where I exist to be the most accessible place to everyone. And if that means not using phrases like guys, I would rather cut that out of my vocabulary. And I've gotten a lot of really nasty comments of people saying, don't start a war between the divine masculine and the divine feminine. When in reality, it's so much bigger than that. But anyways, that was just a little tidbit I wanted to throw in there, I guess, because it came up. <laughs> but, you know, I've, I've heard this, this tale as old as time about the body, about needing to be thin to be accepted. And pretty privilege, or thin privilege rather, is a thing. Because our society, at least in America, has made it that way. We treat thinner people differently. We treat them better. We treat them like they are this beacon of health. And we also, even in our medical systems, we, so many doctors, not all of them, but so many doctors will equate your physical health with your weight. When in reality, blood work is going to be such a better measurement. Your weight shouldn't even really factor. So I had to get really honest with myself and ask myself questions like that. Where does this come from? Where do these belief systems come from that I, you know, where does the belief that magic doesn't exist come from? Where does the belief that my spirit team isn't always here? Why am I always second guessing everything that I think? And this is something very common that I hear from a lot of you that I think my spirit guides are talking to me, but I'm just not sure. Or I asked them for something and it kind of showed up, but it wasn't, you know, you think it's like you've constantly been conditioned to question yourself, to question your reality. And that's not bad. It's not wrong to question. It's actually very valuable to question. And we'll get into that. But there is this long line of conditioning that says you can't just be connected and you can't just believe because it gets you hurt because it makes you disappointed. And maybe somebody taught you to be that way because they've been hurt. Because doing that got them in trouble because doing or feeling a certain way or thinking up something hurt them in some way. And so they've passed that on because they think that they're saving you the pain. When in reality, we actually can't pass on experiences. Not really. Let that sink in. <laughs> we can't pass on experience. I mean, I can teach you all day, every day different things that I've learned. And you might learn something. I guarantee you'll learn something. But without actually having those experiences yourself, it just doesn't hit the same. And it will never hit the same. So the getting honest with yourself, it's questioning where things have come from. Because you don't come into this life with a belief system. You don't come into this life. You come into this life, in my opinion, all your chakras wide open Magic exists, beauty exists, and from the moment you're born, belief systems are starting to arise. You know, if we've had parents that let us cry it out to go to sleep, we learn, oh, no one's coming for me. No one's going to help me. No one's, go no one's coming to comfort me. And Again, I'm not a parent, parent expert. I've done a lot of research into child psychology and child development because it's interesting to me. And I am actually going back to school for psychology. But it's something that I feel like from literally the moment we're like born and brought home and into this world, we have beliefs that are being made whether it's an experience we've had or somebody has drilled it into us. And so we learn to question everything. And to not trust anything, to not trust anyone. And it's so ingrained based on other people's experiences, but not our own. So with getting honest with yourself, it can be painful because you can unravel things that you didn't even realize. And a good way to get honest with yourself, I do feel like, is to actually start writing things down. You know, writing down the question, let's say, let's go back to weight loss just because it's easy. And I think a lot of people think about it because we've been conditioned to think about it. So we write down <clears throat> the question, why do I want to lose weight? 
And then you might come up with some answers. Oh, I want to shop fall fashion. I want to feel good in my body. I want to, you know, or, and eventually as you kind of whittle it down, you keep asking the question. And I recommend doing this on a sheet of paper, you know, and you could even break down some of your answers. Like, let's say one of those answers was, I want to shop fall fashion. You can say, you can kind of take that example and ask yourself, okay, well, why can't I do that right now? And then it might be, well, uh, plus size clothing, which why do they even call it that? Most of it, like, so uh, I don't even want to get into that conversation. You know, I have to shop plus size clothing. But then you have to ask yourself, why is that shameful? Who made that a shameful thing? Who made that a thing that you're not allowed to do? So it's really getting honest with yourself and asking questions, getting down to the root. And I will never stop talking about this because, and I think a lot of people in the past have taken issue with this on me, but I can only tell you what I've experienced. I can't speak from a place of something I haven't experienced. So what you go through and deal with and what is your truth is going to be different from mine possibly. But getting to the root of your beliefs is one of the best things you will do for yourself. Because if you look at your life like this beautiful garden, and there's weeds growing in your garden that are overtaking your flowers, which like, what is a weed anyway? Weeds are honestly just other plants that we have deemed bad. Um, That's a whole other conversation. But for this example, you know, these weeds are overtaking your flowers. Do you cut the tops of the weeds off? And then, you know, no, they just keep growing back. You have to get to the root. You have to pull the weed out by the root so that it cannot come back and haunt you for the rest of your life. So You have to take that time to get honest. And I think many of us are scared of that, myself included. There are times where I I hear myself say something over and over and over, but I never actually want to address it because it's easier just to ignore it. In my mind, it's easier to ignore it. But when we ignore and we don't face our shadow and we don't face those things, those beliefs that don't belong to us, We continue to create patterns. And the saddest part about that to me is, especially if we have children, we pass those on. We pass those shadows on. And then our children have those same beliefs. And that sucks. I hate that for everyone involved. Unless it's like a belief that you think is going to be really good, which we can't even say that for our kids, what's going to be good for them. They might decide differently. And I don't know why kids keeps coming back up. Like I said, I'm not somebody that has experience with children. So maybe that's something you wouldn't want to listen to from me. And I under, I respect that. Um, but getting really honest with yourself, it's not easy work. It's not easy work. And it is sometimes easier to ignore, but in the long run, it will do you so much better to actually go in and do the work to actually sit down with a pen and a paper and figure it out. (laughs) And oftentimes we can come out of that with a new belief You know, after you've kind of broken it down, let's say you've come to the conclusion that you have this limiting belief about shopping in a plus size store because one time somebody shamed you for it. You can undo that. You can take that and literally undo it. (laughs) You can create a new, the brain doesn't know the difference between the imagination and what is reality. That's how powerful we are. You can create a new belief from that. You can literally make a new belief that says shopping at this store, this is like the nicest, most amazing, luxurious, best store. I can't wait to go into this store. I'm going to find things that suit me so perfectly. I'm going to feel amazing, you know, and really start to feel into those feelings before you've even done it. You can create new beliefs. And that, like I said, very kind of surface level example, but you can create new beliefs from there. So I also feel like something that I wanted to talk about in this episode with doing the work is many of us, and I am, I don't want, well, we'll get into that part a little bit later. I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't want any of you to think that I'm perfect. I don't want any of you to think that because I am so spiritual and I'm so connected to my guides and I'm so divinely protected and I'm so in my power and in my magic and in my authenticity, I don't want you to think that I'm perfect and that I don't have bad days because I definitely do. And we'll touch on that in a second. But a lot of us, myself included at times, 
we will be so hard, especially my Virgos. Those of you out there that are Virgos, I really need you to hear me right now. If you have major major Virgo energy in your charts, Virgo to me is one of the astrological signs that is the hardest on themselves. Now, don't get me wrong. Everybody is hard on themselves. But Virgo, you are like triple the amount of hard on yourself. And so my Virgos out there, you really need to listen to this part. (laughs) But many of us, we will let ourselves sit and spiral and spiral and spiral on things that happened in the past, things that we feel like we're not good enough at. We'll sit and literally, without even realizing we're consciously doing it, we will sit and just beat ourselves into the ground and just, oh, I'm not good enough. That person would be better off if they didn't hear from me or I can't be that, you know, this person's not going to like me if I'm this way or uh, this is good, but it's not as good as so-and-so or this is, this is trash. Why do I even try? You know, these are all such self-defeating thoughts. And this is to me another part of where the work really has to come in. You have to take it upon yourself to change it. And this applies to everyone, in my opinion. You have to take it upon yourself to change it. Don't speak those things on yourself. Words are called spelling because they are spells. Trust me on that one. (laughs) You have to stop speaking these things into existence. And even if... You feel like it's something you really believe. I'm not good enough. And you keep saying, I'm not good enough. Guess what? You're going to constantly feel not good enough. Even if you don't believe it, you have to change the way that you speak about yourself. Literally, this is something I have to force myself to do. And I did it on Instagram recently. It was quite a while ago when you're hearing this, but um, on Instagram, I might make it a thing because I feel like it was so powerful for so many of you. But I have a mirror that sits in my living room, a big full length mirror. And whenever I'm having a bad day or I'm having a difficult discussion or something is happening that I don't, it's not sitting right with me and I'm feeling anxiety. I'm feeling my past conditioning coming up. I'm wanting to shrink back because this happens to me um, or for me rather. It happens for me. And that's really important too. Don't say this happens to me. No matter what it is, it's happening for you. Because even in those difficult moments where things are happening for me, even if I don't like the things that are happening for me, they give me the opportunity to change it. They give me the opportunity to do it differently. And it's actually really valuable to see the polarity in what we don't want. There's value in that. But I have this full length mirror in my living room and I will kneel down in front of it. I don't know why I like to be closer to the floor. I don't like to stand. I prefer to like sit on the floor in front of it. Don't ask me why. You can stand if you want to. And I will sit there and I will like, I don't yell, (laughs) but I will literally sit there and say only nice things to myself. I will tell myself, Chloe, And I'll look myself dead in the eyes. You are so powerful. You have done so much work on yourself to be where you are today. You know who you are. You validate yourself. And this is like me talking to myself. You validate yourself. You don't need external validation. You have it within yourself to validate exactly where you are right now. I struggle personally with self-validation in the moment a lot. Um, When people have a different opinion of me, especially on things that concern me, I have a hard time in the moment not caving to other people's perception of me and just kind of like shrinking back, I guess. And so I have to remind myself, Chloe, you've inhabited this body for 29 years. You have always had your back and you're always going to have your back. Like I really re-empower myself and remind myself that I'm here for me. And even if it feels silly in the moment, just trust me, (laughs) trust me on that. Because a lot of times we just need, even when things are uncomfortable and we're having those difficult conversations, we have been trained from so early on. This like predates us, right? Or not us, like it's still a part of the human experience, but 
humans were taught back in like primal days that we needed tribe to survive because we did. If you didn't have a tribe, you were dead. But what's interesting is as humans, we have not evolved past that. We are one of the only species, not the only, but one of the only species that if we don't have our tribe, we won't make it. You know, we, we have this conditioned in experience of if we don't have tribe, we're going to suffer abandonment and we're just going to die alone, cold and hungry, right? And so abandonment is such a huge thread that runs through the human experience. And so we feel like if we stand up as our authentic self, as if we be who we really truly are, that people are going to walk away from us. And that might happen. That might be true. There might be people that will walk away from us, but recognize that we live in a state of the world now where you don't need other people. And I'm not telling you that because I think you need to be an island by yourself. I'm telling you that we have the ability to literally send emails in seconds to people across the entire globe. You are never going to be alone. Not in this day and age. You will, where one person falls away, three more have the potential to come in. So even with this part of your brain that all of us have, you are never truly going to be abandoned because you also have yourself. And we are not out in, at least where I am in America, I'm not out in the wilderness by myself fighting my way to eat and provide myself shelter. And, you know, the world is different now. And obviously, yes, I am privileged enough to have a roof over my head, food in my cupboards, things like that. And I know that's not something that everybody feels that they currently have access to. So that is also another topic for another time. But just know that it doesn't have to be like that. And our brains scientifically really do function like that. But we have the power to take it back. We have the power to call it back and say, no, I'm going to validate me. I've got me. I've always had me. And... I also have people that are loving and supportive of me. And maybe some of you don't have those people now, but the more you speak them into existence, the faster they're going to show up. I didn't used to feel that way. I didn't feel like I had friends that knew the real me. I was always trying to appease everyone around me and be a certain version of myself for other people. But the more I actually started to be myself, the more it encouraged the people around me to either change and adapt to that or people to walk away and it made room for the right people to walk in. Because when you are your highest vibrational expression of self, the right people will be attracted to that. And so you're going to meet the right people. Anywho, I feel like that's a big part of this is you have to stop the spiral because you will. And I know because I've done it. <laughs> um, you will spiral on this. I'm not good enough train, but it's not serving you. It's not serving you. It's not helping you. Obviously, if you feel that you need to speak to a therapist, speak to a psychiatrist, do those things. Do what you need to do. Go to bat for your health, especially your mental health. But also know that you do have it within you to change that. You do have it within you to take it back. And I'm not special. I never, ever want to give off this impression to any of you that I'm special, that I've done something that's so different and so perfect that I am more worthy than you or I've, you know, I'm out here being authentic and look at me go and no, I've had a past. <laughs> I've done things I'm not proud of. I've been the person that has been defeated in fetal position, crying on my living room floor for months. I've been the person that hid away. I've been the people pleaser. I've been the person that was afraid to speak up in my truth. I've been the person that has tried to control outcomes by adapting myself to be the version that somebody else needed me to be instead of just being myself. It has taken a lot of work to get to where I am today. And it has been through an up and a down. It's not been a linear process. I feel like a lot of people also have this misconception that with healing and taking your own healing journey into your own hands, that it's just going to be this linear thing that you're just going to start healing and it's only going to go up. 
No, <laughs> it actually looks like a graph that goes up and then down and then up and then down and then up and then down. It's like you take five steps forward, but you're going to take four backwards and then five steps forward and four backwards, you know, and it's very much the same in manifesting in my experience, just as a little side tidbit, especially with manifesting money in my experience. I feel like in a lot of ways, I'm an expert, but in a lot of ways with manifesting money, it's an up and a down. Like some days I'm like, yeah, I'm a rich bitch. Hell yeah, I'm getting life. And then like three days later, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to be poor forever. This is never going to change. I'm never going to make the amount of money that I want to make. And it's, it's the same way in your own healing journey. It's a back and a forth. It's an up and a down. And you just have to keep going. You get knocked down a hundred times, get up a hundred and one times. And we already talked about speaking it into existence. We already talked about, oh, I also want to mention that you have to expect good things for yourself. And I feel like this is hard when all that you've experienced has been like terrible. It's hard to imagine a life where things can be good and things can be easy and things can come to you naturally and normally and quickly and that you can be in touch with spirit and, you know, live this life of just being in that angelic presence all the time. But when you expect it, it's what will come. So expect it. Expect your guides to work with you. And any moment that something resonates, like I had someone recently write into me, it was so beautiful. And if you're listening, hi, how are you? Um, I had somebody write into me and say that, you know, they asked their spirit guides to show them a crown. They wanted like a real royal crown that uh, if they saw it, they would know without a shadow of a doubt that this is my spirit guides talking to me. And they said that they got in their car and the song Royal came on by Lord, which love that song. And then they saw a crown while they were scrolling Facebook, <laughs> but they were still questioning it. They were like, ah, oh, I don't know. Like, was that it? Was that spirit? I'm pretty sure, but I'm not sure. Excuse me. Just be sure. Like, just decide in that moment. No. This was spirit talking to me. I am sure. Because sometimes in the beginning when you're not used to it, it feels strange and you question it a little bit. And this is so normal. I feel like a lot of people think that you ask your spirit guides for something, it shows up and then like you don't doubt it a little bit. <laughs> this is so normal in the beginning when you're not used to communicating with them all the time. It's so normal to be like, are you sure? You Josh and me spirit, are you sure? And the more sure you become, the you just it's a decision. To me, it's a decision. You just decide, no, this is it. There's no... Because if you constantly expect that you're going to have to sit there and prove it, you're never going to prove it. Unless your spirit guide literally shows up in front of your face in their full being, however they choose to show up, you are never going to get that proof. You have to just make a decision. And then from there, I promise you, only good things will come. You'll only see more of it constantly. Constantly. Oh my God. Literally, as I said that, the audio recording program that I'm using, 111 just showed up. It was 010101. <laughs> Spirit, you playing with me. Um, anywho, expect it. Make the decision that, and then expect it. I feel like that's like, we're honestly given the easiest and the hardest tasks at the same time when we're doing the internal work. Like it's called work because it's work, but we're also given the easiest task in a way. Just let go of things, just expect things, just it's getting through the mental map of our mind that honestly is the hardest part, right? But just make a decision and then ask, make a decision and then ask or ask and then make a decision. However, so the last thing I want to say in closing, I apologize if that last part was kind of out there or all not out there, but all over the place. I feel like it kind of connected with what I was talking about, but it was just a little tidbit I had written down that I wanted to make sure I added. And the last thing is what I was saying before, bad days still happen to me. Bad days are still a thing. I still have days where even on my journey, as far as I've come and as I believe in the presence of the divine, I constantly am surrounded by I have days where I question everything. I have days where the most imaginable, unimaginable, terrible things happen. I have days where I question, oh, 
Should I share that podcast? Should I share those beliefs? Should I be this authentic? Is it safe for me to be this authentic all the time? I have days where I question this constantly. But like I said, you get knocked down a hundred times, you have to get up a hundred and one times. And I just keep going. I just keep going. And I keep trusting that the more that I stand up in my own authenticity, the more I'm going to keep empowering everyone around me, the more spirit is going to reveal to me that this is, I'm in the vibration of my highest alignment. And that has been constantly proven to me over and over and over. So I just don't want you to think that there aren't days though, where I still doubt it, where I doubt myself, where I doubt my greatness, where I doubt the things that I'm able to create, the things that I'm able to do, where I'm scared, where somebody leaves me a handful of nasty comments on my YouTube channel. And that like, that will knock me out for a whole day. People can say the silliest things. I've had people just tell me your nails are ugly or your voice is annoying or I hope you find God or, you know, I've had people say the rudest shit to me just for no reason. People that just want to be mean. And if I'm having a bad day, that shit will knock me on my ass. And I'm just like, oh my God, I'm the worst person. Why do I share any part of my life with these mean people? But I have to reel it back in. I have to stop the spiral. I have to sit in front of the mirror and tell myself, you're a bad bitch, Chloe. You've got your back. You don't need this validation from others that you think you need. Or when I start to have a conversation with someone where I'm like, Ugh, maybe I shouldn't show up as my authentic self. Maybe I should cater to their needs a little bit. No, I have to reel it back in and say, no, I can't control their perception regardless. I have to just be me. Do you see what I'm saying? I, you have to just reel it back in and it might take a day. It might take two days. It might take three days. It might take 10 therapy sessions and several seasons of your life. We're not limited on this. I mean, granted, obviously, if you move on to the next life, you know, we're not granted tomorrow. It's never a promise on this planet in this form that we're in, but I don't think the work is going to stop here personally. So I just don't want you to have this impression that I have it all figured out, that I live in divinity 24-7, that I'm blissed out constantly. Don't get me wrong. That happens. I'm blissed out sometimes. Sometimes I live in straight divinity for weeks at a time. But there are still days that knock me on my ass. (laughs) And I'm always going to be real with you about that. So... I hope this episode helps somebody out there. I know it was a really lengthy one and it wasn't really our usual. It's easier to sit, honestly. I think I think in a lot of ways it's easier to be more authentic without a camera. Um, I don't know why that is. Maybe because I feel like less people are going to hear it because <laughs> less people follow the podcast. But I just want you to know and trust that I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect. In order to make it work for you, you have to put in the work. You can't expect that you're just going to sit on the couch and do nothing but eat potato chips and watch Netflix. I don't know why that's always my thing. I think because at my lowest point, that's always what I did to cope with everything. My answer was always a bag of potato chips and Netflix on the TV so I could just zone out and not think about anything. And don't get me wrong, if that's your favorite pastime, like do you, I'm never going to shame you for that. For me, however, it was something that it made me not address the things that were happening in my life. It made me not be my authentic self, or I made decisions that weren't in my highest alignment. And that was one of them. So, you know, doing the work is called work because it's work because you actually have to be an active participant. You have to go to bat for yourself. Nobody's going to do it for you, whether that's getting the therapist, talking to yourself in the mirror, as I was saying, whether it's you know, going out and buying the self-help book, whether it's listening to this podcast and that helps you listening to the pick of cards that maybe are helpful. You know, I always try to provide value in everything that I do to help you on your path, come back to yourself and be your highest expression of authenticity. So that is all I have for you today. I love you so much. And uh, I hope, like I said, you got something out of this. I'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. Bye. 
If you felt seen, heard, and understood by today's episode, please remember that this podcast is designed from a YouTube channel. Most, if not all of the episodes are actually audio from sit-down videos of mine on my YouTube channel that I have linked down below. Over there, you will find videos that range from tarot, these sit-down chats, and everything else that I believe will light you up from the inside out. This, my social media handles, and so much more are listed in the show notes below. Please never forget that when you stand up in your own own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. I'll talk to you all next week.